Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike Detail along with Charlie Long looking over us here. Steve Geller will join us in our next segment for Triple Option. And on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line, the award-winning writer for The Advocate, Times Picayune, Wilson Alexander. How you like that, Wilson? Man, I'm going to give you a big cred on that. Congratulations, bud. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, you know, it feels good. Try not to, you know, go make too, too much of it. Want to uh, just keep doing the good work, you know? Yeah, you, and you always do. And, uh, you know, just uh, one thing about awards, they get dusty. Exactly. Exactly. Gotta keep pushing. Yeah, yeah. So they get dusty and nobody gives a damn uh, after a couple weeks. But uh, it's nice. But again, congratulations. You're doing great work uh, covering LSU. Um, Man, I I don't know where to go with this. This rivalry has been sort of nutty. Uh, I've lived long enough to see some really crazy games. The the fire game, the earthquake game, uh, everything sort of in between there. And then in recent years, man, I remember LSU, and this was when Coach O was there. And, man, Auburn just beat the snot out of him in the first half. They score late. LSU scores late and gets put some points on the board. And that heat of that October <laughs> hit Auburn, and they punt the ball to DJ Chalk, and he changes the game. He actually fumbles it, picks it back up, and then takes off, runs it all the way back in. And you could just feel them sort of disintegrate after that. And uh, a lot of Tigers will tell you, 2019, the toughest opponent was Auburn. Uh, Steele comes out there with that 3-8 defense, drop eight guys in coverage, and Joe was like, man, it was like I was trying to throw the football between branches and trees and everything else. It, it made it difficult. Man, and Auburn played LSU well. Last year, Auburn jumps all over LSU like a bad cat in the first half, and then I think that was our first glimpse, so to speak, of the Superman on defense. He makes an interception late, and, uh, man, everything starts to turn around. They get a W out of that. And so uh, this game has had a lot of crazy twists and turns to it throughout the years. It absolutely has. And, you know, LSU is like, a, what, an 11-point favorite, something like that. Yeah. Which, yeah. You know, on paper makes a lot of sense. But at the same time, like I said, I think, what, three of the last four games have been less than a score. Uh, and so it's going to probably – there's a good chance it ends up being tighter than, you know, the experts think it is because of what usually happens in this series. But LSU certainly at this point in the season looks like a better team, even with its struggles defensively. This offense has been so good that 
it, it is in Auburn is you know still a team rebuilding under Hugh Freeze and doesn't have a whole lot to offer on the offensive side. So you know on paper the line kind of makes some sense, but at the same time this series just uh, always provides some strange occurrences. Yeah, it's kind of cuckoo bird series, uh, so to speak. Uh, uh, Pete Jenkins has come in, and uh, no surprise, you and I sort of text one another that night. That and as soon as he saw how they lined up on defense, I knew Pete was going to blow a gasket. Come on, you got to get up on the, you got to get up closer to the line of scrimmage. None of this uh, sit back and read stuff. You better get after it. And uh, now it's week two of uh, Jenkins uh, helping out along the defensive line. And as he told me, Mike, I'm no miracle worker, but I'm gonna do my best there. I'm interested to see. Can they get a, a pass rush here uh, in, in this game and stop the run? Because even against Missouri, you saw the first half, they got blitzed. Uh, I mean, it really it was terrible. Again, on defense, they played better you know, with the uh, triple T ER in the second half. But still, this isn't what we're normally used to seeing from an LSU defense. It's certainly not. The hope is that maybe some signs of what they showed there in the second half can continue into a game then which Auburn hasn't thrown for more than 100 yards against an FBS opponent this season. They don't have a threat a receiver on the outside that really scares you, but they are a really effective running team. And if we look up in the fourth quarter and this game is still close, or maybe even LSU is really in trouble, then it's probably because they're running the football really effectively and LSU isn't doing a good job of stopping that. Jarquez Hunter and, you know, the rest of the running game, they've got two run quarterbacks who can run. Um, pose some pose some problems, certainly, on the offensive side. But with LSU defensively, you mentioned Pete Jenkins and the alignment. Jacoby Guillory said this week that the first thing, one of the first things Pete did was came in there and get them closer up to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> no, um, that was no uh, shock. That was none for yeah. me because I saw how they lined up, and I'm like, man, man uh, Pete's going to blow a gasket. The first time he sees that. Yeah, he, he said Jacoby said that they had, had you know been taught that they were doing like what you're saying, like using their eyes and kind of reacting, and uh, that it can work, but that they had gotten way too far back. And so yeah, Pete corrected that immediately and has been working with them on some a lot of other technical kind of things over the last week and trying to create more, get more out of this pass rush. When you looked at this LSU defense coming into the season, when LSU talked about his defense coming into the season, the hope was that this that would be a real strength. They would be able to really control things up front and how to cover up in that way these holes in the secondary. But they haven't gotten a lot out of this defensive front yet. You know, finally in the second half, you know, you saw a sack from Mason Smith, his first of the season. You got that strip fumble from Braden Swinson. So maybe those things, if they can continue, then LSU can at least get better on defense, even if it's not going to be an elite unit. I think it's kind of the get-right week, maybe, for LSU's defense, specifically the defensive backfield, just based off what we've seen from Auburn so far this year. They just haven't been able to throw the football. I mean, you kind of mentioned the stat there, Wilson, in the three games against FBS opponents, Peyton Dorn hasn't eclipsed 100 yards. But I'll go even further than that. If you look at their passing stats as a team, throughout the first six weeks of the season, they've passed for 781 yards, which, by the way, is only 10 more yards than Malik Neighbors has receiving by himself. (laughs) So, I mean, this, this has got to be the get-right week for LSU's defensive backs, for their defense in general. But with, with, with Auburn specifically, their game plan coming into this matchup, 100% just going to be running the ball, trying to control the clock, and limit the amount of times that Jaden Daniels can touch the ball because that just limits the amount of effectiveness that he can have. I mean, I just, I just feel like stopping the run game in this matchup is just going to seal a big victory for LSU. 
I, I see the same way. I mean, we were just actually just talking to Brian Kelly, and he said that in some cases it's the team really can't throw the ball, and in other cases they're not choosing to. In his mind, Auburn just isn't choosing to. But regardless of well, if it's the you know, personal approach or lack of talent, like they just they're not going to be a team that's throwing the ball. And so it all really comes down to yeah, stopping the run and containing Jarquez Hunter, and even when they have their kind of change of pace quarterback come in and Robbie Ashford, you know, not letting him you know break it, contain, and use his legs. Because we saw last year, he was Auburn's quarterback last year, and he made some plays with his legs to set up some long throws downfield and keep things alive in that game and put LSU down in a hole in the first half. So it's all going to come down to that. If LSU can stop the run and get the ball back to its offense, then it should be fine. If Auburn is able to do like what you're saying and play ball control and uh, drain out the clock, then LSU could be in a little bit more trouble if it is then on the other side not able to capitalize on its possessions because if it is having to score on every single possession, this is the best defense that LSU has played so far this season. And so it might face a little bit of a challenge in that regard. On the flip side, this is the best offense Auburn has played. So maybe those things will kind of meet in the middle. Wilson, one of the things I think for all LSU fans is I'd have every team trainer, doctor, whatever – Man, checking out Jaden Daniels all week long. I mean, he took a beating in that game, and you know he catches one, you know, in the end zone again. Some of these officials, uh, uh, you wonder what they see and what they don't see uh, on particular plays. But uh, has there any been been any talk about his health? Uh, because man, we could saw he was struggling. Um, he, he couldn't get off the ground after the touchdown run, which was unbelievable. After he had got popped in the back. And uh, it looked to be a rib situation, the, the way, it, you know, just watching him and his mechanics. Uh, has there been any talk about the, the health with, with Jaden Daniels? And that was a real physical game uh, for him. He was sore earlier this week, Tuesday, Wednesday. You could see a little bit that injury in those ribs, you know, that affects a quarterback and their ability to rotate. You could see him trying to kind of work through it. After the injury on Missouri and the you know, against Missouri on the sideline, trying to just kind of get himself loose again, and it affected certainly some throws at times. There was one to Malik Neighbors that he said himself he wanted to have back there in the end zone uh, that might have been affected by that rib injury. But earlier this week, you know Brian Kelly, they have a captains meeting on Mondays, and Jaden Daniels told Brian Kelly, "I don't want you to change anything about what we're doing in terms of snap share and practice. I'm good to go." So he took all of his normal reps this week, and Brian Kelly said that today. He looked like himself again. Actually just walked past Jaden Daniels in the hallway, and he wasn't hobbling around or anything. Seemed pretty good to go. Wilson, I mean, we kind of mentioned Malik Neighbors a couple times in this interview, but I'm looking at the improvement of Brian Thomas Jr. From his first two years to now, his junior year with LSU, he's sitting ninth in the FBS with 603 passing or receiving yards, and then he's also tied for first with nine receiving touchdowns. I mean, Malik Neighbors has been great, but Brian Thomas Jr. has just improved so much to form that one-two punch that has been so lethal early on with Jaden Daniels in this offense? If LSU didn't have what Brian Thomas was doing, then we wouldn't be talking about this offense as one of the top three in the country like we've been able to. Because otherwise, the good defenses out there would be able to scheme up ways to mostly take Malik out of the game. Would he still be able to get his at times? Certainly. But you can do creative things with bracket coverage and double teams and, you know, having a guy kind of over the top of a receiver to in order to make it really tough to get him the ball. LS, because of Brian Thomas, LSU still has to do that at times. Malik is still getting bracketed and things like that. But now the defense looks at that and says, okay, well, we just take out Malik Neighbors and they're just going to throw to Brian Thomas, which is what LSU has done at times. It was uh, the old Miss game, right, where he had three touchdown catches? Right. Or am I thinking about Arkansas? Arkansas. I might be mixing them up. Um, 
But, like, you know, they tried to take out Malik, and they just went to Brian Thomas and saw that one-on-one matchup and has attacked it. Jaden Daniels has been really good at seeing those one-on-ones and taking advantage of them. And it's all possible because of the Brian Thomas's emergence, because you've got that one-two punch and Logan Diggs complimenting things in the run game. Missouri was doing stuff to try to take away the deep shots, and so LSU was just running the football, and it was effective, and it added just another dimension to this offense. On defense, uh, you know, one of the things that, got brought up by Brian was the defensive backs and man even you can see it they're not t- getting their heads turned around uh you know that it's almost like they they playing face up against the receiver and not getting their heads turned around quick enough to make a play on the ball has that been a point of emphasis or talked about a lot by Brian because I know he brought it up right after the game that we got to get we got to get better coverage. We got to find the football better. And this, I don't know if they're teaching that or not, but you, you can't face up the receiver. Eventually, you got to get your head turned around and find the football in flight. That has not been a strong point for LSU's corners. It's unclear if it's a talent efficiency thing or if it's a coaching thing or maybe some combination of the two because. LSU, like you said, has not done a good job at all. There's been moments when they've been in position to maybe make a play, but that last little thing that you have to do, get your head around and you know find the football, hasn't happened. And so it is uh, you know something to kind of continue to keep an eye on. Brian Kelly hasn't maybe talked about it at length, but he has mentioned it here and there. And really, what he's talking about when he says you know making improvements in the secondary is that's part of it. You know, is is making a play on the ball when there's a chance to do so because LSU hasn't in a lot of cases. Saying back to the first game against Florida State when Keon Coleman just went up and kept catching the ball over LSU's DBs all the way through now. I mean, we saw it in the preseason when LSU was doing yeah. one-on-ones. You know, the DBs were, were often in the same kind of position that we're seeing now, um, close to the ball but not getting their head around. And so um, it is a, certainly something that needs to be corrected and fixed, but it also might be just a kind of at this point a talent efficiency thing We'll see if LSU can get better in that area, you know, halfway through a season. If it can, then that's another point where maybe this defense can start to get a little bit better. Wilson, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. I know you're busy, but we appreciate your time. And, again, congratulations. Uh, Well-deserved award. Thanks again, Mike. Y'all have a great rest of your afternoon. All thanks, righty, Wilson. Thank you. Wilson Alexander does a great job covering the LSU Fighting Tigers for the Advocate Times-Picayune. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 